got something to say, but you want to say it with your body, with ink, or a piercing, get down to Stingray Body Art. 386 Cambridge Street in Austin Rock City, right next to O'Brien's Pub. Stingray Body Art, Boston's best tattoo. Make an appointment right now. Go to StingrayBodyArt.com. Check out the artists. They're on the left side of the page. And you're going to be like, I want to get a tattoo at Stingray. These artists are awesome. Stingray Body Art, Boston's best tattoos, piercing, and permanent makeup. Now offering laser tattoo removal right in the heart of Austin. Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm the voice in Pat B's head. Flying solo tonight for the time being. But still, we have an awesome episode for you on The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. You know what the problem right there is when I gotta start the social solo? It's just me in a room dancing by myself, looking extra crazy, sitting there talking about, let me tell you what this! No, I'm gonna ease up right there for some calling, uh, I don't know, the men in white coats. I'm talking to Tom over there at the boards. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WMFI. I am Pat B. Unfortunately, Adam Willis is out tonight with the sickness, and we're hoping he's okay. I got a call from dude like, hey, man, I'm bleeding from various orifices. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. So he won't be joining us, unfortunately, but that does not mean we don't have an awesome show for you because it's amazing. The lineup is, dude, Kong on the Planet of the Apes. I can walk out right there, right, Tom? Exactly. I know what I'm saying. Uh, but no, they, they describe it as the damn dirty crossover everyone asked for. And I'm like, after reading this sucker, nobody asked for this mess. But I will get right into it, into the meat and the nitty gritty. I also have a new review for uh, a review for the new Tomb Raider. Dude, I played these games so freaking much when I was a kid. And I'm not just talking about, you know, for the... Uh, I'm talking about, like, you know, after the Afterglow. It was still an awesome, fun game. You explored the caves. You got to fight off it. Anyways, I'll get to it because this isn't the, uh, the corny... Uh, 2000, 2003, um, uh, uh, Laura Croft starring Angelina Jolie, which don't get me wrong, were very beautiful movies and had like robots and corny uh, one-liners. It was a-okay for the time, but we all know that video game movies are usually craptacular. This one, I think, bust, bucks the trend, and I'll uh, I'll break down why in a little bit. Later on, once uh, our uh, very own Just Johnny gets in the house, we have, uh, we're taking a uh, small trip back in time, because, dude, Persona 5 came out way, way back in the day, way, way back in the day. Came out a few months back. We're revisiting now because there's new rhythm games lined up. Uh, that about Persona 5 is, well, the Persona series, um, uh, part of the uh, Megami Tensei line, uh, has some of the best music I've heard in the last few years coming from video games. Now, I don't mean like soundtracks, like they took existing songs and threw them in there for effect. I mean like actual music. I had um, I had the uh, the victory theme as my ringtone for a little bit. Like, now, mind you, I'm talking like this the whole time. I'm looking over. If anyone's watching us on Facebook Live, you can actually see what's going on in the studio. But I'm, uh, I'm saying all this, uh, and I'm used to talking like to a person. Uh, to a person or to our uh, Twitch camera. So we don't have the Twitch camera set up right now. So I'm looking at our producer, Tom, who's over there just like staring down at the boards and working with Dalton and stuff. And I'm just like, so yeah, so this and that and that. And I'm talking to the side of this dude's head. <laughs> so I can't tell you how weird that is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, we put a camera over there and like you can get the reaction shots. <laughs> um, but dude, no, Persona 5 is like deep. Uh, I love the music from that. Uh, and I'm happy to hear. Uh, what Johnny may or may not have to say about this biznatch because I'm anxious to check out the rhythm games myself It's not really something I get into these days, but every now and then there's something that just kind of moves you. It's um, the uh, the rhythm games uh, for Persona 5 and there's a new uh, Lightsaber beat game, which is dope. Oh actually trying to get uh, an interview with those cats if they show up at, uh, at PAX So shh, keep that to yourself. That's some inside stuff um, Dude besides that 
I'm a little jazzed because I played Portal way back in the day. I've never played Bridge Constructor, but they're merging um, the uh, the two titles uh, for this uh, next review we have coming up. Uh, it's Bridge Constructor Portal, which uh, is Bridge Constructor in the Aperture Science universe, which is kind of a unique thing. So naturally, um, I'm wondering how they'll work in Henry Hill and the whole Mafia stuff, but I'm pretty sure they'll find a way to backdoor that in. We'll see how that goes. But dude, right now, let me get into Kong on the Planet of the Apes. Now, this is a short-run miniseries from, um, from Boom Studios. Let me actually read the proper description, if you will. <clears throat> Off the script. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I gotta lay it down. They, they, they describe it in a specific way, and I'll describe it in a different specific way. Um, but the damn did it crossover, you demanded. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. We'll see about how, how, how it meshes up. But following the events of the first Planet of the Apes film in 1968, Dr. Zaius and General Ursus lead a small group of soldiers to the Forbidden Zone to destroy any remaining evidence of Dr. Taylor's time, of Taylor's time among the apes. Uh, to their surprise, they discover a Kong! Now they must venture to Skull Island uh, with Cornelius and Zira. Uh, they're the two chimps from the original movie, if you forget, because they were the uh, primaries, but dude, come on. Everyone remembers Dr. Zayas more than anybody. You know why? Please tell me you know why. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Johnny, take it. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Close enough. Close, close enough. Just Johnny joining us in the house here. All right, but um, what this is basically is the new comic miniseries. It's six issues. Uh, most of them are right now. I think we're waiting on number six now. We got to check out the first five. And... Uh, in the Forbidden Zone, this takes place right after the events of Planet of the Apes, um, almost negating uh, the events of uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes and all the movies beyond. Because, you know, when we went on to Conquest and those, uh, they went to Earth, they went back in time, they went forward in time. The whole thing got bonkers. But this takes place right after Taylor is left, quote-unquote left, off into the distance with his lady. And uh, Dr. Zayas is leading um, uh, General Honus to... Um, Oh, and his crew to take down the Statue of Liberty to eliminate all uh, remnants of the intelligent humans and basically try to get things, try to reestablish that status quo. Just basically hit a big reset button on all that good vibes that was spread around um, uh, around uh, Ape City before. You know, uh, unrest has started to form with the people, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, the people can talk. What's next? Are they gonna make Southern Green out of apes? What's happening?" And I'm just like, "Okay, y'all, uh, like, take it down a notch. Okay, what you realize." is you are not the primary evolutionary species. Well, lo and behold, some damn fool killed a Kong on the island. Well, now what happened is because they found this dead Kong, and when I say dead Kong, I mean like, we all know King Kong. Well, apparently he had a mate, or he had a daughter, or he had a sister. Uh, I would say his moms, they didn't give any implication as to one was like older and wiser and such. Just at random, they find a dead female Kong on the other side of the island just past uh, the Statue of Liberty. And according to the timeline of when this comic takes place, the blood is fresh, uh, the kill, I mean, still like bleeding, the flesh hasn't rotted yet, you know, you still see like parts and glistening in the eyeballs, and you can still detect emotion. I mean, they, they went like right after. Essentially, when Planet of the Apes ended, um, if Taylor had, had just like, you know, did the whole, damn you, damn you all to hell speech, but like about 10 feet that way, you know, maybe the sun was in his eyes or something, he wanted to make sure the atmosphere was just right. Then what would have happened is, uh, this dude would have stumbled on a dead Kong. And I'm just like, this is this poor SOB came from the past, so he thinks, um, to this other planet uh, 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 way off in the, in, in the middle of somewhere, 
and then just happens to start finding not just sentient apes who are trying to kill him in their own backward society, but now giant gapes that, that are just like, you know, uh, just there chilling, I don't know, probably taking a bath or whatnot, slipped on a, uh, on a large banana peel, slipped on an oversized bar of soap, a bar of soap the size of a Buick, and, you know, broke its neck. It was just an ape in the I don't know where I'm what I'm talking about. I'm just I'm just vamping because um, the setup was kind of ridiculous, and you have to throw a lot of the um, the actual uh, canon out, uh, especially that their own established canon in that movie and beyond the movie. If you're a big fan of Planet of the Apes, put all that like behind you because this miniseries is a one-off in itself, and it causes it, it re requires the uh, the reader to make a lot of leaps. You know, not just leaps of faith, but like ignoring outright stuff that you know. Like how the hell one ape got from Skull Island to, uh, oh, what's up? Okay, from Skull Island to uh, Ape City. And I'm, 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 I'm like, okay, all this was established and I know these characters, so where am I, when am I just gonna see like the apes uh, you know, going to town. I want to see. Uh, I want to see King Kong fight giant lizards, fight big insects, fight like chicken beasts. You know, just get just get weird with it. You know, at the very least, like have them swat down a couple pterodactyls. You know, or just like slap box a T Rex. That's that. That's all I want really. Just like slap box a T Rex. It'd be like the start of primal fear. Primal fear. Primal roar. Primal instinct. Primal instinct. Primal roar. What's the? Well, something roar. Yeah, the the sixteen dead. Yeah, the the old the old NES games. Yeah, okay, cool. Y'all make me think I'm crazy. I got the name like right the first time and stuff. I'm with you. Yeah, or even better. Do you remember um, what was it? Uh, dang it. Um, was it Bart's Nightmare where you think where Bart Simpson's dreaming he's the giant, uh, the giant lizard creature and he's fighting the big King Kong. You know all this stuff. No one gives a damn because I'm talking about Kong, on the planet of the apes, and dude. I felt so let down by this. I'm, 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 I'm hurt because I went in this thing and, dude, King Kong bought direct shop. And then now I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out how it would fit into the Planet of the Apes, but I figured they'd somehow, you know, work him into society. He'd somehow cooperate with the apes, but then he's still gonna be King Kong. So now you have King Kong doing all those fights with various like sea beasts and stuff. King Kong just, you know, uh, going toe to toe, or I guess toe to tentacle with a giant squid. You know, uh, fighting like eight, uh, whales with legs or whatever you got, and I don't know. Maybe he'd be dressed as one of the uh, as one of the apes. Maybe um, I guess uh, for uh, for uh, for to, for uh, canon purposes, he'd be dressed as one of the uh, the gorilla soldiers. You know, just have like his purple, have his purple tunic on. You know, get one of those fancy leather hats. You know, and just be out there. You know, he, he's he's swimming. He's swimming all day. Just you know, maybe he's the ambassador. I don't know what they were planning. I was just waiting to see some cool stuff. And also, you want to see Kong ding up some faces. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe the apes will make a quick quip. Ape must not kill ape. But Kong's like, but I gotta. Ah, I'm Kong. It's what I do. What it came down to is much like the Planet of the Apes, which if you're a fan, you know when to expect this. It's been a long time since I saw the all five movies. I even, I think I've seen. Uh, the old 70s TV show. Uh, we had we traded VCDs of those way back in the day. So I've seen the 70s TV show before, uh, more recently than I've seen uh, any of the uh, Planet of the Ape movies proper. And I don't I don't mean like the more recent ones with um, uh, with uh, uh, James Franco um, or uh, or uh, even the Mark Wahlberg ones. I mean the old school proper 1970s, uh, 1960s, 1970s. 
uh, Planet of the Apes uh, franchise before it like kind of went out of favor with people with uh, with the general public because they were good movies for a while. I think four was kind of yeah, but five came back and it was raw. This exists in that universe. And I'm so upset because one thing that I did know at the time and had somehow completely forgotten was that they rely so much on the uh, politics of the apes in society. The politics was, was what those movies were about tenfold. And when I thought, well, you have the apes and you have Taylor and they're fighting in cages and spraying each other down with hoses and whatnot. Damn, that kind of sounds kind of sound like a like some outtakes from, from Top Guns. Okay, never mind. That's a bad description. But what I'm getting at is... Um, it was very different from what I remember, and this book was was right on par with those stories, but it was all politics. The majority of this uh, is the apes um, uh, debating whether or not, well, we found this uh, Kong uh, remnant. Is this, the, uh, is this the, the corpse of a god? Is this uh, a different step in evolution? Dr. Zayas wants to use um, this Kong as the, um, what do you call it, as the basis for an expedition to prove that yeah, no, all that stuff with Taylor, that just, that was a fluke. Humans, humans are just, uh, are just our, our, our cattle and our, uh, our, our, our pets, if you will. No, ape is the true, um, highest evolutionary point in, uh, our society, our, the world as we know it. And I will prove this by going out and finding more giant apes and showing that ape evolved everywhere, just possibly at a different size. You know, his actual point isn't really... Uh, well stated in this it's mostly they find a giant ape they want to prove it to god to prove the Taylor was wrong you know uh humans didn't come first humans are kind of like uh bastardization of nature and genetics it, it's it's a weird standpoint to take but in the um in the realm of planet of the apes it kind of makes sense the problem is you have uh Zaius bringing um uh, cornelius who i remember as being a lot more formidable than he was uh reading him in this book uh, I'm reminded of oh yeah a lot of the a lot of the bitch moves that were made in the old movies those were those kind of came from Cornelius and Zira who and Zira who uh, is his wife uh, the two chimpanzee scientists who are also um, responsible for like babies and the other um, iterations that are being uh, completely uh, written out on this one retconned if you will um, but I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of babbling what I'll get at is dude this promised such a hardcore story I'm like dude King Kong coming to wreck shot coming to handle his stuff coming to show these apes how we do back on Skull Island you know, when he's partying with the natives and then you know some uppity uh, uh, dinosaur comes up you know gotta, gotta you know uh, slap a brontosaurus in the ribs a couple times get him in the solar plexus and then you know uh, hit him with the stone cold stunner uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know King Kong has his own fighting style but I had such high hopes for this because honestly you throw two old franchises at me, at me I just kind of want to see monster battle and it dawns on me now that this was right on par with what it's expected to be, which was ape politics. Now, the apes would handle this new development in science and technology, this new knowledge of an evolutionary step that they've never uh, witnessed before. And they have to get to the bottom of this. And naturally, like any damn fool story involving uh, the military as a, a prominent force, uh, General Honus and and his crew uh take the first um take the first uh, opportunity they can to wreck everything they find some humans they unleash uh these like weird uh, like chicken ape uh i don't know these weird chicken raptor things that they find on a separate island on them and then they kidnap a bunch of those and then are we bringing kong nicely on the boat now nah, we're gassing them and taking them down stabbing his ankles giving indian burns and stuff you know and then we're loading them on the boat and we're floating them back here as our prisoner and it starts to look a lot more like uh, the very first 1939 39, uh, King Kong movie 
where they bring him in back to uh, back to Ape City and they display him and stuff. And now he says, we broke his will and now he's ours, even though we're going to treat him like a god. He's first got to be our bitch. I don't know where they were going with that. But um, what I'm getting at is this book had like so much promise, but I think I gassed it up for myself. What it comes down to is, honestly, it's kind of a slow story. It's a little boring. I'm not going to lie. Because um, I really like to give like Boom Studios and the small labels like, you know, uh, they have big ups when they do awesome stuff. But this was not that book. The artwork was like right on par. Like they really uh, remained consistent. It wasn't just we'll draw big monkeys and things. I actually saw differences in uh, in Cornelius and Zira. Dr. Zayas is, is, is a little easier. He's like the only uh, high yellow chimp uh, uh, orangutan that's in the sucker. But you have each of the gorillas uh, stood out. You know, which was weird. One got an eye patch. One got that hat. One got, you know, uh, the flared nostrils all the time. And one got, you know, halitosis, even though I, I caught it through the page. Don't ask me how. But um, in the end, if you're a really hardcore fan, I mean hardcore, like deep, 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 deep fan of the Planet of the Apes, then this will actually be like big to you. You know, you will want to get down with Kong on the Planet of the Apes because it pretty much has everything you'd ask for. It's the Planet of the Apes um, uh, universe. Uh, in a different story that's like way left field from what you would expect you know how they approach a situation where you have a giant ape but then it does for me personally it devolved into a story of exploration tainted by um i guess machismo uh and uh and overcompensatingly overcompensating overcompensating shows of force when i don't want to listen to the general talking i don't want to listen to the scientists i got my own methods i got my own beliefs and this threatens my way of life and my way of thinking. So screw it. I'm going to, you know, kill them off. I'm, I'm going to slaughter some innocents and do things my way. So, you know, I, I got to give this a thumbs down. I acknowledge not everyone would agree with that thumbs down. I got to give this a thumbs down on story alone. Because the artwork was actually really good for this story. Um, I couldn't follow a lot of, like, the angles and points. Because there's, like, time transitions that just kind of happen. And like one panel, it's like daytime. Another panel is in a cave and another panel is like outside. It's nighttime, but there's nothing to imp indicate that there was a transition. It's just like we're here now. And then next one, we're also here, but it's hours later. And you're just supposed to accept that because even though you don't know from the dialogue, you'll find out in like three pages that there was a transition, you know, so it's, it's like weird and some of it's confusing. So, I mean, I don't really like to get that nuanced when uh, when talking about a book, but that's like one of the big like things for the story because i was trying to follow i'm like okay it's king kong something big's gonna happen oh it's not it's plenty of the apes and king kong okay fine well it's plenty of the apes then something's gonna get deep and it doesn't it just kind of muddles along and you're like waiting for something awesome to happen it's like okay man one more page and it's gonna get brilliant one more page is gonna be dope one more page is gonna get badass and that one more page kept leading on to one more page, kept leading on to one more page, and kept leading on to me giving a pass to this book, man. I can't do it. So it's Kong and the Planet of the Apes. It's out now by Boom Studios. They've gone five issues, and occasionally you see someone get shot, someone get stabbed, someone get bitten, someone get eaten, someone get ripped to pieces. And as badass as that sounds, that's like, uh, that's just like sprinkled into so much political dialogue that goes nowhere. It's all rhetoric, and it's it's not that great. I got to give it a thumbs down. Sounds like a disappointment. It brought me down, man. Cause yeah. I, I was a big fan of the uh, Planet of the Apes franchise, and uh, yeah. I, uh, I've, I've rekindled my appreciation for, for King Kong after that last movie, um, with John Goodman being snatched up like he was nothing. Yep. Uh, uh, well, just Johnny in the house, y'all. Just Johnny. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, yeah. I'm late. No, no, dude. Don't worry about it, man. You are just in time because I was, I was touting. Oh. I was, I was, I was, I was. 
espousing the greatness of the Persona 5. I was swinging on the jock oh, of my Persona 5's uh, soundtrack. And we were going to talk about of the Persona series, period, and talking about how it's um, evolved into into a spun off a bunch of uh, rhythm games. And there's even a new one coming out. Yeah. And you have the inside stuff on Persona 5, man. Lay it on us. What's going on? Yeah, so Persona 5 is a very long-running uh, very long run game series. I, I believe it spawned off of uh, Shimagami Tensei, mm-hmm. which is like this weird demon Pokemon RPG action. See, that's one of the ones I can never get behind game. because it's like, well, we have some teenagers and we're going to add some cool music and have them faking as, the, uh, as if they're thieves and then they're going to take on demons and stuff. I'm like, what the f- I was not doing any of this stuff when I was 13, okay? If anything, it was maybe um, along the lines of Clarissa explains it all. You know, I'm worried I can't go to the Queen Latifah concert or whatnot. Yeah, it, it's all like uh, like demons, but in Pokemon form. So it's presented as like a very kid friendly thing. But the topics That's that they you can cover, action figures. Yeah, it, it's very heavily anime stylized with the artwork, and then how it's presented to you is very mature uh, sort of subject matter, almost like a, a young adult uh, or a very mature teenager. Uh, for subject matter, and then, uh, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like something that's meant for like a younger teenage or or mid-teen or pre-teen uh, type of audience. Uh, so that that's sort of that sort of franchise and what it sort of looks like art-wise and how it's being pitched now. The Persona series is sort of the more traditional hardcore JRPG. Uh, spin-off of this that turned into something that's bigger than arguably what the series is spun off of uh, just because it focused more on storytelling focused more and not so much storytelling as we have like this very intricate complex plot mm. but more of storytelling in a way of how your character interacts with other characters uh, whether they be NPCs or, or uh, party members and sort of how you are Interacting with them in a way of managing relationships in order to make sure that you're you're appeasing them to essentially unlock these uh, RPG mechanics that sort of make your setup even more powerful. But I'm you know slightly ahead of myself. So Persona Five is uh, it's a RPG that takes place in sort of a modern time. Uh, contemporary world and this one in particular takes place in Tokyo, Japan where it's very contemporary it's like, you know, right now in Tokyo, Japan and you can go to like very famous uh, hot spots uh, and tourism places like uh, there's that you can go to like Shibuya and and, um, Akihabara and and places like that so like very familiar Can you go to Ichiraku Ramen? Uh... Sorry, that's an inside joke. That's a Naruto sorry. joke. You don't. Okay. Uh, You're and killing me. Ah, I need more nerds here. I need my anime nerds in the house. And uh, you can go to all of these real life uh, real, uh, locations or, or very like uh, modeled as close as possible without sort of. Uh, stumbling into like franchising or licensing type of issues but you're so you can go to like i want to go to this starbucks but no let's not go to the starbucks let's go to that starbucks over there and they both exist in the real world uh so not so much modeled directly after the real world but it looks like the real world uh replicant but with uh you know more gamey type of relabeling of things and stuff like that okay so so it's more like mario starbucks and um yeah exactly uh, okay all right and sonic star uh, sonic um Wait, was that did that star have a name? Stars didn't have a name. Okay, Mario Starbucks and the other Mario Starbucks. And Sonic Ring Coffee or something. 
Um, golden ring coffee. Golden ring donut. Golden ring coffee. And donuts. Uh, I like it. I like it. There we go. Okay, yeah, we're, cr- uh, we're, we're, we're struggling. Yeah, struggling. so uh, you play as uh, this teenager that has uh, gotten into trouble and has, as part of, and got expelled from their school uh, that they were in, in their village, town, what have you, and they are now on probation, and they have been sort of uh, shipped over to this sort of care- probation caretaker that's sort of uh, responsible for you, and you have to go to a different... The reason why you're being taken care of by this person is because, once again, you got expelled, so you have to go to a new school, and so I feel like they have a problem with delinquency. What's going uh, on? Just this one particular pr- character that you're playing as. Mm, you say that, but how many stories uh, in animes, in uh, RPGs, JRPGs specifically, where you've got this new kid, he's got a reputation, or he's a punk, or maybe he's just kids not getting yeah. into trouble. And even though, yes, I know, they'll, they'll be the ones that save the, uh, the land from whatever demon or creature or giant, you know, uh, entity or Bahamut dragons or whatever's happening there. But it's always like, you got this one, he's a bad egg, everyone stay away from him, and they shun him. And then somehow this ends up being the dude that saves your ass. Yeah. I think they need to reevaluate their disciplinary system. Yeah. <laughs> well, well he, he actually wasn't at fault, uh, so it starts off with a cutscene of how he actually got into trouble, mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely not his fault. Wait, but... please tell me this was like some 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 Three Stooges or uh, or even like the no. Beckover pile. You know, he was helping an old lady uh, 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 pick up a uh, like pick up. Uh, I don't know. She dropped her glasses as he bent over. He hit a uh, cart behind him that ended up rolling down a hill and uh, smacking into um, some wet cement, which caused uh, a, a construction worker to like fall, and he falls over onto onto a beam that he was carrying. Uh, that, that 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 comes straight down onto like a car, but that car ends up belonging to like the mayor, and the mayor's like, "What kind of vandal did this?" And then they all follow the chain <laughs> back to this one poor kid who tried to help the old lady. Who wouldn't even back him up? She's already she's already at um at Country Kitchen Buffet right now. She's she's good. Couldn't even like corroborate. No, this cat was trying to help me, and now he's like the town. Uh, he's 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 mo- the most wanted for uh for trying to help an old lady. No, no. The hell kind of moral system are, Not- are they? Are they not as elaborate as that. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of want to play that game, though. It's it's pretty much... That was, yeah, sounds that, like a pretty good game. That's, that's a whole other right? story in itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, okay. remember that. Oh, DLC. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. If anyone uses this, if this turns up, I want I want my credits. <laughs> it's it's uh, a simpler sort of uh, setup than that, and it's really a setup to confine you as the player mm-hmm. uh, because, because you're already in trouble and you're on probation, it the way the reason why they throw that at you storyline wise is to constrict you into this gameplay system of being limited uh, on the amount of time you have per day and also being restricted on the things that you can and can't do uh, during your time and it's the, probably the biggest uh, one of the biggest metagame elements uh, to play in this is the time management system where you can only do a certain amount of things uh, in a given day and it's really just you go to school, and then you can do one time-consuming, uh, a couple of other uh, time-oriented things uh, during the day, but really one bigger time-consuming task that's going to take up your evening, and then everything, and then once those two things are done, and by the way... This, the, is, this but, is still a game, right? It is It is a game, like and... You get to do one tedious activity. It's like a high school simulator, if you will, because the, uh, the first half of every day you are going to high school. In the second half of every day, you spend uh, failing to get laid. 
Well, yeah, actually, yeah. That's the high school experience. Well, if, if you choose to play that route, yes, that is exactly what cool. you're doing in this game. Every now and then you bootleg a mixtape. You're, you're sort of picking and choosing what you're doing after the school day's over, and even uh, sometimes mid-school day, you're sort of sending texts back and forth to your friends. You're establishing new friends. Uh, you're maintaining your relationships with your existing friends. They're called... Um, Job suckers. No, no, they're called... Uh, ca- Comcasts. They're called the uh, Co- cognizance. Co- they're called the T birds. Uh, correspondence, I think. Correspondence. The sweat I, hogs. I think it's called correspondence. Um, I, I, I like, the name I like all of it. my names better than the actual name. It's it's a weird roundabout name. They shouldn't have. The naming and the terminology of things is sort of uh, the way. The reason why they label these things the way that they are. The I have no club. clue. I, I think they're going. No, no, it's not even. It's not the breakfast oh, club. Oh come on, that would have been okay. I'm sorry. I'll confidants. Stop confidants. They're called the confidants. Confidant. Okay, you know what? That, but is, better, that is better than the other ones, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's your friend. It's your I, party I call member. all my friends confidants. Uh, I make them sign NDAs as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, so, confidence, uh, it, it's just a weird roundabout labeling for, for you know, essentially your friend, your your party member. But they call it confidant, and they call a lot of other stuff in the game weird names for the sake of, I'm guessing, style. But it it's it's a little confusing. It, it sort of hurts in the way of presenting its the gameplay mechanics of this game, which there are a right. lot of. Right. Well, and to it, be fair, though, the, the storylines in my experience in uh, JRPGs are less coherent to us because we're Western audiences. Yep. And over there, they probably make more sense, and some stuff gets lost in translation. Oh, some yeah. stuff just isn't designed uh, for our um, particular society, uh, societal structure the way we know it. So it's like you can you can take a lot of things with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, how are these gameplay mechanics, though? Because it sounds like you went in with kind of a handicap. How was the gameplay? So the gameplay, it there's a lot to it, and there's sort of like a lot of... Di- it's sort of like not one onion that has a lot of layers. It's more like you have a bunch of small onions, and they have layers between them, but they're varied, and there's some in- interconnections between the onions. So this game is going to make you cry, is what you're saying? Uh, it'll make you cry, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the mechanics Powerful are stuff, there... Yeah. Yeah, the mechanics are there, and they're fun. Uh, one of the biggest ones is you capture these uh, personas in order to use them. Um, at you, you essentially equip the persona, mm-hmm. and that becomes your abilities. The the uh, the spells that you can use essentially in the game is tied to the persona, and what you are attacking as you're going through these dungeons are also personas. So what you are fighting against can also, you can uh, sort of capture them and acquire them and then use them and level them up. So it's, that's the Pokemon mechanic that's in this, is the individual personas that you're coming across and collecting. And then uh, there's this other mechanic that takes that a step further where you're taking multiple personas and you're combining them together to make higher level, more elaborate, newer personas that you may or may not encounter in higher level dungeons. Now, the dungeons... It sounds a little... It's, you can't really, like, brag about this. Dude, my persona's the, the most persona-like persona. Well, my persona has so many levels. My persona's the most gangster persona ever to be in the persona. It's, it's, it, did, it didn't roll off the tongue. Uh, uh, in, a, in a badass way. It doesn't. And I, I would fault that with the... I, I guess they got stuck with it early on, but the localization and how they present this information is pretty bad. Uh, they don't they don't make sense of... They don't present things in a way that makes sense to a Western audience. So and they rely it, a little bit heavier on uh, just... 
fans, only fans, playing this game and so not someone name. who has come to it from the very start. The original name then could be, so uh, my, my, I get in my super kill bot. Well, my ultra mega kill bot is going to destroy your super kill bot. Well, my super badass ultra uh, boot up the bo boot up the booty uh, uh, kill mecha kill mech warrior three is better than your uh, weak ass, and and that all translates to persona. Yes. So it all it's all just persona. Damn. Yeah, because the personas are I also. I need to learn. I, I'm 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 learning like you know three full languages just so I, I don't miss all this stuff. They are also very weird and kind of don't make sense. Like you're going through one of the one of the earlier dungeons is this castle, mm -hmm. and you're going through and there's uh, you're fighting against knight personas and stuff and things like that that you um, kind of expect. Knight dragon Some super mega rock warrior. You mean? Like a knight, just a standard-looking knight wearing armor and shield, sword and board, stuff like that. Right. And then uh, you'll come across other personas where... He's just there saying knee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll come across other personas in that same dungeon that kind of don't really make sense. Um, uh, something along the lines of like a succubus inside of a castle. Sure, it kind of works out, but yeah, I mean, it gets... Seem to fit. If you know your mythology... Uh, it, it, not as better, best of an example, but there are examples of personas that don't but correctly you find, match. You find them. a banshee under the sea. That's yeah, stuff. yeah, stuff like that. Weird stuff. Okay. Yeah. Banshees are in like old castles, yes. not under the sea. Well, this this is a uh, find. Yeah. So uh, I'm helping you out, man. Come on. Well, all right. So to to sort of make things even weirder, because a lot of the topics that's that's covered in in this game and a lot of the the points of the storyline mm -hmm. is there and possibly why it's called Persona is that uh, the dungeons themselves are the this outer realm sort of the the manifestation of someone that exists in real life the manif the manifestation of their deepest desires and it's usually a dark desire so the dungeons that you're going through is usually tied to some person in the real world in in the real world tokyo or in the school that you're attending at that, uh, at that starbucks yeah it, it's their manifestation of their deepest darkest secrets and you are going through these dungeons in order to sort of clear up and change get these individuals that are kind of pseudo villains in the real world trying to get them to have a change of heart in order for them to uh do the right thing make make right something that they have done wrong for but they don't really present Seems like it could have like weird implications like if i'm in this game oh, yeah. trying to convince uh, kim jong to take his finger off the nuclear button that seems like a, we a, re a really weird direction for a, a video game series to take it would be that, except uh, you're not directly confronting Kim Jong. You are going into his per his his deepest darkest, uh, going to the depths of his heart, mm. in the manifestation of I don't know a whale. <laughs> it's it's weird like that, like like whatever it is that makes sense for. So in this one, uh, the very first dungeon is uh, is this teacher that is abusive to his students. And his manifestation is the aforementioned castle, and and it's the reason why it's a castle is because he treats the school like it's its own personal castle, mm -hmm. and he is the king of it. And so as you're so going through the Donald dungeon, Trump. he shows up and he's the king. Yeah, kind of like Donald Trump. Yeah. If you go into his heart, it would probably be a castle made of gold. And no, and he go into his heart, it. it's just black. Well, there's black everywhere. Yeah. It's just it's just black. Yeah. And and his personal fear that bleeds out is a sense of community and peace and love for people yeah. and uh, and a general area of non-hatred and light. <laughs>
I imagine his persona takes the uh, takes the form of a titmouth for some reason. Yeah. Don't ask me why. It just so as you're playing through the game, each of these uh, different dungeons, and they're very big, they're very elaborate, and they take multiple multiple sessions to go through because you can't. The way these dungeons are presented are kind of like grind fests, uh, where you have to be efficient in how you travel and sort of uh, delve through the dungeon and eventually you run out of resources to sustain yourself and you have to leave that dungeon uh, and then return back on a future date. And that's that's sort of uh, the standard for every everything moving forward is that you can beat the dungeon, but they throw a lot of stuff in your way in order to slow you down and hamper you down to force you to come back uh, you know, through multiple iterations, which is it's not good, but it's definitely not it not bad. It's just it's that's weird. A, yeah, that's a tough call to make though, because it sounds like you're saying you had a good time with ridiculous amounts of grinding and then uh, having to backtrack for little reward. Yeah. So the grinding, it overall the game is it's so unique and and interesting and different, and and, and there's these other elements that are not even tied to the to the dungeon, just like uh, like doing managing the relationships they have with your party members and other NPCs and stuff like that. Uh, but then it has these other elements that are just weird and sort of kind of uh, archaic in, in game design where it's kind of forcing you to grind. But you don't have to grind. You never have to grind too much. But here's a clear indication that there's a problem with your game design is if there is a button that you put into your battle system in order to speed through the battle system, you did something wrong, <laughs> and this game has it. So, like, like the battle system, is, it's fine, but it's yeah. never, like, super intricate, super layered, super in-depth, and requires, like, tons of focus. Mm -hmm. It's really just you're, uh, you're learning about the weaknesses of the enemies, mm -hmm. and you have to sort of uh, kind of test via use an ability with a certain type of element uh, associated with it on an enemy, see if it's weak to them, yes or no. Well, if it isn't, try a different one and keep games, going. Johnny. Yeah, well, it it's like very night and day. It, it's very like on-off switchy, where where once you figure it out, you now that enemy is no longer an issue for you. You just dump your throw your man. It's really you just throw your mana at these enemies and at the problem. Once you figure out what the problem is, so it's really just so it's like puzzles. finding out the Mega Man bosses. Which, yeah, which, yeah, it's which just bosses? like that. Okay. Yeah. It's just like in that. the game. Take that! I got so much mana. I'm gonna hit you with mana up the ass, man. Mana in your face. Yeah. And you run it, out of mana because you didn't uh, stock up. Yeah, it's it's a fine uh, system on a basic level, but if you try to find the depth in it, mm -hmm. it's it's a little bit too shallow. But because it's you know pretty easy to understand, it's good for people that aren't super familiar with uh, with JRPGs and in the more complex, nuanced ones. So I'm not I'm not gonna fault it, but it's also you know not giving me any extra incentive. But the other things that are in this game uh, are definitely worth checking out. So overall, I give it a thumbs up. But really, because it sounded like you were leaning the other way, like dude, you got to do so much grinding, and then every boss fight comes down, and I got to hit this bitch with mana in the face, and then I wasn't getting much of a uh, much of a positive from that. Uh, in in terms of like RPGs, it's not uh, it's not the best out there. It's not the best by you know a landslide but it's definitely really good and there's a lot of cool stuff going on it's just you know the storyline is mediocre but the relationship and the metagame elements of it is 
like none other, you, you, you have to play these types of games, these you have to play the Persona games in order to get something like this, and because of that, it actually does enhance the overall uh, experience and the funness of it because you're looking forward to the next day and spending time with uh, some party member that you uh, like and, and sort of developing your relationship with them even further in order to get additional abilities and something right, like that. I can, I can dig that, but I gotta say, there's really only one real reason Persona 5 is the shit, oh, and it's right man. there. That theme right there. Let's let it run. And it keeps on playing. Uh, uh, the music's alright. Uh, uh, uh. The music's great. What do you mean alright? It's, on, it's great, but in a game that takes a hundred hours to play through, the music gets annoying. Okay, fair, but I, I would I would hope that it would stay consistently. Oh, uh, it's consistent. You will hear that song over I, I and over mean, again. Alright, you, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you just gotta suck all the life out of my happy... Uh, Anyways, that was my ringtone for a while. It's just a funky-ass song. So Persona 5 gets your proper thumbs up. It gets a thumbs up, yeah. Okay, cool. Available night now for? Uh, for the PS4 and possibly coming to other places. Who knows? All right, and also keep an eye out for the upcoming Rhythm Games, which will have more of that music, Johnny. You can't get away. There's no escaping. I'm sorry. It's funky. It's just a... Ah. All right, all right. Well, moving on. Because um, you also got the chance to uh, check out another game, which I'm not familiar with uh, one half of this, but the other one I'm intimately familiar with. So we're talking about Bridge Constructor Portal. Yes. Okay, give us the inside stuff on Bridge Constructor Portal, because I can't stop making mafia jokes and Tom's getting a little scared over there. <laughs> so Because uh, they're in construction. Bridge Constructor is sort of like a series of, of or a small little mini franchise, indie franchise of these, uh, and I believe I think it started in, in like iOS or, or you know, mobile mm -hmm. uh, type of games, and it's really you're just building bridges physics-based simula bridge simulation type of game so you're building these bridges out of uh, a couple of basic core, core uh, components mm -hmm. um, support beams, uh, road surfaces, uh, and corrugated cardboard, and uh, uh, support cereal like suspension cables. Legos. Suspension cables, I think, is the last one. Suspension and I might be missing Legos. one or two more. Right. But um, So through that, you are constructing a bridge or repairing a bridge uh, or creating a new bridge to do something very weird in order to get these, uh, <laughs> these like, uh, stick figure-like characters uh, driving these uh, forklifts over to the other side. It's sort of like uh, helping the chicken cross the road type of thing. Like a Lemmings type game. It, very much a Lemmings type game. Right. Uh, and it's you sort of construct what you think is going to work out uh, for a particular level. <clears throat> and the levels are very small, very confined, and they generally fit on one screen. So what's being presented for you is very small, compact, very uh, sort of, you know, five minutes and you're done with that particular level so it's very pick up and play friendly where you can immediately you know uh if you only have 15 minutes you'd sort of play and beat you know one two three levels and then you're done and then you kind of go off and do some which works out really well for the platforms that it's on yeah no it doesn't that's that's that's, that's if i'm playing it's on console i don't want that that quick that quick action well it it, you can continue more, right? You don't. It, you don't have to stop if you don't oh, want to. You okay, can like, keep playing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought you were talking about like hard stop, game over, credits. No, no, no. no. There are a lot of levels in this game. Uh, right. Quite a lot. Uh, and I've gone through, I believe, half of them. 
uh, and there's you know there's a ton. Uh, and so you're constructing these bridges in order to get these uh, characters over on these forklifts, and there's physics involved. So you have to worry about things like the the support weight that the bridge that you're constructing is capable of, and trying to figure out where to redisperse that weight. Uh, to different parts of the bridge so that n there isn't a single part of the bridge that's going to take the full, full the full weight of these vehicles as they're driving across and also come on, man when come on you're avoiding the uh, you're avoiding the uh, the pertinent issue right here how do you use the portals oh the portals yeah oh so yes oh the portals <laughs> come on man this is what we came for so that also ties into uh, the game so you don't have direct control over the portals but yeah. what you do have control of is constructing the bridges and then you construct the bridges in order to lead these vehicles into the portals. And just like how in Portal, the game, the, the actual game, uh, how physics is involved where your momentum uh, that you have going into a portal is going to equate to your, your starting momentum coming out of the destination portal. So as you're building these uh, these uh, bridges, you're trying to figure out like, okay, I'm building a bridge, but the only place I can legitimately lead this vehicle to is that portal over there. That portal then leads into this other portal on the other side of the map. And that portal, there's nothing I can leverage a bridge onto. So I need to build up momentum in order to have this vehicle fall into this portal that's near me in order to be launched. <laughs> Full force over this big gaping gap that has like uh, acid on the bottom of it. You know, nothing says to me a good, well organized construction site like forklifts flying through the air over open vats of acid just there. Um, makes me, you know, I pass by those on my, uh, you know, my daily uh, commute, just walking down the street. They have that fence, and then you know, pools of acid flying in the air while uh, random bulldozers drop from the sky. It, it gives me a sense of like this is progress at at work. Yeah, physics space pro. Yeah, definitely. I've sure, had to, I've sure. had to construct uh, a bridge, uh, a, a two piece bridge, where it led had to go through the same port. I had to lead vehicles into the same portal twice in order to build enough momentum to then be overlaunched to the destination final place. So you get into like weird stuff Dude, like that. Invest really in cool. a ladder. It's like okay, I got, I got to, I got to <laughs> drop this, like, this forklift in a hole to fling it over to my other destination. Yeah. Like, no, you can go over there and set up a ladder for your guys to get up to the top there. Yeah, it well, feels like you're not using your budget effectively, sir. Well, the forklift. I want to, I, I want to see your, um, your financial plan. <laughs> well, the forklift. Actually, uh, funny you mention that there is a budget that. It so you're, be. there's a budget in this in each. Yeah, of these yeah, I got levels. forklifts to just like toss all, yeah. all around, all willy nilly. And the budget is based on on how many pieces of the bridge you're sort of uh, using up. Uh, there's no limit, but uh, the more pieces you use, the bigger the budget it's going to cost for this for this bridge that's going to be there forever. And that's that that is your score in the game. Uh, is the for benefit using levels. is the benefit using more of the budget or or, or getting Less. this done cheaper? Because that, that cheaper, makes, yeah. Okay, all right. About to say. Yeah, that because that... you know, here's the kicker. Here's the irony. Okay, the less you can make this building for, um, the the higher your score in the game. The more money you can blow on this on this uh, project, the uh, more realistic it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about right. Any modern construction. Oh, even better. We live in Boston. The Big Dig, just <laughs> there's the biggest uh, uh, suck of funds I think in the history of American construction. 
Yep, uh, if you want to waste a whole lot of money, you can construct the most elaborate bridges ever that are completely overcompensating for what is needed for the task at hand, and, you know, it's also a Boston uh, Big Dig Simulator. Hmm. Yeah. If they had branded it somehow with the city, I think they caught, probably could have boosted the image of the game as well. But it's Bridge Constructor Portal, man. Give us the, uh, what do you say? I say overall, it's a thumbs up. There's 60 levels. This is only a $10 game. Uh, available on Steam, uh, also available on the Nintendo Switch, just came out on Nintendo Switch, it's available on the PS4, the Xbox One, it's available on iOS, Android, Damn, uh, it's available on Linux, Macs, I mean, this thing is everywhere, you can get it anywhere, I recommend the Switch version because it's portable, you could take it with you at any point, and it definitely fits the portal, or sorry, the portable mm -hmm. uh, sort of play style very, very well. It handles pretty well. The controls are a little wonky, but overall it's pretty good. The only real disappointment I have is that it kind of underutilizes the Portal license in terms of uh, Gladys and how Gladys is presented. Because uh, it's kind of like you're being presented Gladys before Gladys goes haywire. Is this one of those where she's there to give like instruction, but all you see is like a picture of her come up on the side and some text? It is. Of what she it say? is exactly that. Oh, you do dude, get her voice you're though. Killing me. You do get the voice. That's not enough. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Is it Cave Johnson? Uh, I think so. Cave Johnson was, um, you know, I'll burn your house down with the lemons. From Portal Two. No. Okay, then it's not Cave Johnson. Oh, if it's not Cave Johnson, what's the what's the, what? Why? Sorry. No, it's not. It's no problem. Okay, that's, that's a bummer though, because I mean, um, Portal Two introduced things like uh, you have the propulsion gels. Yep, and, that's uh, in this as well. That is in this. Yes. So okay. All right. So, it so does if have the vehicle sort. is traveling on those gels, mm -hmm. it'll uh, like the yellow gel will make your vehicle travel. If they have momentum, they'll get significantly increased momentum. So you can kind of build a, a launch ramp instead of building a full blown bridge. You create a launch ramp that then sort of <laughs> makes them sort of, <laughs> sort of launch forward. Construction Evil equipment Knievel was style. not meant to fly. Yeah. All right. Okay, so what do you have there? We got this rock crusher. We needed 14 miles that way. It's okay. I got this gel I'll put on a ramp. <laughs> Alright, okay, the game is Bridge Constructor Portal. Yep. Available on everything, apparently, so find it on your ZX Spectrum. Yep. And, uh, Johnny, you say... Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Alright. Dude, I'm gonna, uh, close this out by talking about Tomb Raider. This is the new movie starring Alicia Vikander. Um, I think that's how you say it. Vikander? Vikander? I need to do my homework better. But it's, uh, latest, uh, in the line of the Tomb Raider franchise. Now, mind you, this is taking on, um, or following the storyline of the... Uh, Tomb Raider reboot that started in 2013. So now it's no longer she's Lara Croft Tomb Raider off in the uh, in the tombs and raiding temples and such and uh, being chased by all these weird characters and then getting mired in her own family stuff. Now she's new Lara uh, Croft who's just kind of like incidentally in these places. She got bow and arrow. She's uh, nailing folks with and still has kind of the family BS in the background, but it's a much more hardcore game. So now for the newer uh, um, uh, generations, it's no longer focused on these uh, square boobs these triangle boobs now it's watch how much we can beat up this young girl who looks like she's struggling now to develop these triangle boobs because we kept smacking her in the chest with like all these falls off clips and stuff yep it's an interesting take on a uh, on a game that actually the reboot I, I i talk a lot of mess but the reboot was actually really good um those games were hardcore and hard as balls uh, i pl i played the reboot and Man, it was really good mm -hmm. at first, but then the story became so utter garbage by the end that it really it really ruined the overall experience. If it didn't have that stupid garbage story 
we're going to just throw American explosions at you over and over and over <laughs> again because Michael Bay decided to become an influence, uh-huh. then it would have been uh, significantly better. But you know, the first the first like half of the game is actually really good. Well, I like the game myself. I didn't play it to completion. It sounds like you may have. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably why I still have like fond memories of it. But. Um, I just wanted to see how they would uh, how they would uh, change and adapt something that has become pretty much a staple in that style of gameplay uh, over the years. Because the first Tomb Raider was one of the first games where you um, utilize like that puzzle solving element, the exploration element, and kind of like I think it borderline tank controls and yeah. make it something you can act, uh, functional with a good story. And mind you, I was of age too, like fresh in that puberty uh, range where it's like, and also she's in those short shorts and that really tight shirt. This works for me on all levels. And then, um, uh, 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 dang it, um, Angelina Jolie playing her in those first movies. It was like win-win, even though thinking back on them, they were all terrible. Well, now we have a new film uh, series to match the new game franchise. And, dude, I have to say right off the bat, I really enjoyed this. I went in expecting kind of the same hokey, uh, corny experience that we got in the uh, 2000 Laura Croft movies with Angelina Jolie. And I hate to keep bringing those up as if, one, I'm... Uh, reviewing this indirect comparison, but it's just like you need a basis to jump off of because there was an existing um, uh, format of, of this same story that existed in the public, you know, that um, was released to people and formulated a general opinion. So anyone who didn't play the games and know how intricate they got, how deep that storyline really went, that's all they had to base it off of. So when someone says, we've got a new Tomb Raider movie out in 2018, all they have to go on is Angelina Jolie jumping off a chandelier, landing on the back of a giant robot and shooting it so it doesn't mess up her parents' um, <laughs> you know, a collection of wine glasses or whatever. And now you have a, a new picture set up where I'll, br- I'll break down the, uh, the proper plot line. Tell me how similar this sounds to either the game or the, uh, those old movies. Hold on. Yep. Laura Croft is the, fear- is the fiercely independent daughter of an eccentric adventurer who vanished years earlier. Hoping to solve the mystery of her father's disappearance, Croft embarks on a perilous journey to his last known destination, a fabled tomb on a mystical island that might be somewhere off the coast of Japan. The stakes couldn't be higher as Laura must rely on her sharp mind, blind faith, and stubborn spirit, stubborn as hell, stubborn spirit, to venture into the unknown. And, you know, it's... Okay, how does that compare to the Laura Croft you've come to know? Uh, well, for the reboot... Well, before the reboot. Before the reboot, yeah. uh, the game reboot, uh, I mean, it kind of skips through a bunch of stuff. So the reboot was all about uh, Laura, reimagining Laura Croft and taking it from the start of how Laura Croft became a Tomb Raider. Became yeah, known like, as the Tomb like, Raider. it was like the early years. Yeah, so this sounds like it's like that. So from the original games, yeah, this is this is sort of like, gives me prequel sort of back background information. That's what it sounds like. It absolutely was. Now, the thing is, the, uh, the newer games have gone... Uh, farther into um, the story of Laura Croft, they based it off of um, what do you call it? Not the original. Uh, damn it! Um, I'm trying. I, I have it right here. Um, who the original developer was? Because they did a complete revamp of the story. Crystal uh, Dynamics. Chris, thank you. Yes. Yep. Um, and I like that. A lot of people had to really be won over by it, but I thought the older stories had gotten stale. It gotten deep into itself. And one thing that I really love about this about the new games that kind of they went a little off but um the uh, movie stayed true to the entire way through is laura is an explorer laura is someone who's uh she's a young woman trying to find like her way in this whole world she's not a killer she's not a badass action star and those old games eventually you were just like you know blah blah blah, blah snuffing out folks left and right you know picking like random headshots and things it was like call of duty almost 
Now, this new one, in this picture, she does have to kill people. And the first time you see that, it messes her up. It is like a hard scene. I love that. Because it's just like, dude, she's Tomb Raider. She's not, you know, John Wick. Or it's not Laura Wick. Yep. So, yeah, and they had that in uh, the first reboot uh, mm. that they that they made on, I don't know, three, on the late stages of the 360, early stages of the Xbox One. Mm. Uh, they had that there. That was a major story element was Laura's first kill when she got the bow and had to sort of kill a human or kill a deer in order to get food for the first time. Those mm. were important story elements. And immediately after that, I mean, it was kind of funny because you started killing people left and right, and you know, no emotional impact whatsoever. Well, but the, that true, first but kill, it, it does have. You have to get over the hump, and you have to show some emotion at some point. Yeah. But after a while, you're like, yeah, it's still a video game. I just kind of want to get through the story. Yeah. And if every time it stops, she's like, oh my god, what have I done? The game stops for like 15 minutes. She like, you know, crosses their arms, puts some pennies over the eyes, and says a prayer or something, and then yeah, <laughs> uh, gives yeah. a little service. She stops in one of the mini games. You got to bury the body. You know, I make fun, but I think you may have had to do that in one of the Metal Gear games. <laughs> I remember Metal Gear 2, you had to, like, hide bodies in lockers or else people would discover them. they oh, stay yeah. there for good. And what's worse is, depending on the hygiene of the person you killed, like, I remember uh, having to drag a, uh, particular, like, a particularly smelly dude uh, through the ship. This is, an, this is an older game, completely different series. But you had to drag a smelly dude through the ship and hide him in a locker that wasn't anywhere nearby, so you had to get him there. And if you stayed in contact with them too long, which you didn't really have a choice to, um, then, like, every other... You, unless you found a shower, um, all the other soldiers are detecting you. You couldn't have... You didn't have any uh, stealth advantage because everyone's smelling you from a mile away. You got the, you got the flies flying you got, around And you. you got flies flying around yeah. you, too. So if you yeah. hide in a the locker, they smell you, they see flies around there, and you're just going to lay into you. Yeah, that's Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, I said what game it was! Oh, you suck. But um, Tomb Raider has, this new Tomb Raider has that effect where it's like, okay, there's consequences and there's more of a realistic aspect to it. I'm not this um, incredibly, uh, she's not this incredibly uh, super-powered individual who's just in that situation where she's going to take out everyone, where everyone's the victim. It's um, a story that's actually really well acted by Alicia Vikander. Some people in this were kind of, it felt like sleepwalking through. Walton Goggins is a very good actor, but he plays one of the big bads in this picture. And I felt he, he, like, like he was just like collecting a check. You know, he felt like he was just there for the sake of being there. Maybe he had higher hopes of the project and then read the script and was like, oh, well, screw it. It's one of the situations where it's like, look, I'm, I'm holding a gunny right now. Look, I don't want to do this, but I'm stuck here and I have to do this until I get the call that lets me know. Now, what I'm going to do is make sure that you fall in line. If you don't fall in line, I'm gonna, that was his delivery, just this deadpan. I'm like, you're a villain. Look, I'm going to shoot you in the face. So, you know, I'm going to murder your family. I don't know. Oh, go, do, do something with it. That was way worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like I was getting uh, uh, kind of these lackluster performances from people. And you know what I suspect? And this is a lot of the complaints from people. It's like, um, I suspect that they tried to make the story like the games. But they didn't try to put any realism in the acting performances beyond that. And you can forgive a lot of like, you know, kind of shoddy delivery in video games because ultimately it's not a major Hollywood motion picture, it's a video game. So you yeah. just want to get the point A to point B to finish out this cutscene or whatnot. Unless it's a uh, Hideo Kojima game, the cutscene is not going to be two hours. You know, you're going to, it's just a few minutes to get this, to move the story along and then you continue to play. The movie, I think, um, didn't really make enough of a separation there. Because a lot of the uh, lines were delivered like video games, and a lot of the um, oh. puzzle-solving elements, which you'd hope to see, and they did do in this, 
which I really liked. I'm hearing a lot of people complain about him. And I like seeing Laura uh, solving puzzles, figuring out clues, and then, you know, uh, landing in traps and finding ways to get out of them. The thing is, they stuck really close to the game. And my, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm giving this a thumbs up because I think this might be one of the best um, uh, video game to film adaptations ever, which is a phenomenal thing to be able to say because uh, uh, um, I guess uh, recent cinema history is just littered with failed attempts at doing just that. I think the top ones are the Mortal Kombat movie from the early from the mid '90s and the Silent Hill movie that almost nobody has seen. The first one, not the second one. And people will sprinkle in. Well, you know, I gotta say that uh, Street Fighter had it was fun. It was cheeky, cheeky fun. And I'm like, yeah, but doesn't make it a good movie, you know? And a lot of them, I, a lot of people throw out Resident Evil too. Um, the first one. The first one, yes, because that's the only one that really tied into the games. And my problem with using Resident Evil as an example of that is it evolved into its own thing and stopped being about the games. They're very loosely related to the games, tangentially, um, with just like characters in name and stuff. Yeah, and they're very terrible. Uh, I wouldn't say all of them. I, I have a oh, perfect example. Yes, they are. Yeah. But I'll say yeah, but you know they're dumb fun and uh, what was it? Evolution. She was smacking them with the lock, with the bike lock and stuff. It's like. <laughs> doesn't make it a good movie just because it's enjoyable although it does not make it a non-enjoyable um, uh, a cinema experience yep. if it was not a good movie because there are several of those Tomb Raider is not one of them I enjoyed Tomb Raider I especially liked when they'd get caught in traps it wasn't just well we're in the situation it sucks and we got to get out of it it's I'm in the situation let me try to find a way out of it oh shiza it's getting worse now it's a different situation it's like problems evolve that's one of the big things that made the game so great and they kept yep. that for the picture. I don't think a lot of people um, or that I've heard review it so far, or at least uh, acknowledging this, that's one of the things that's about the game. That I would actually be upset if they gave me a straightforward story and didn't have uh, evolving traps and scenarios like this. Now, the movie does stop sometimes when I mentioned the puzzle solving. I like to see it, but there are parts that are completely necessary, and it feels like they're kind of just thrown in there to be um, tropey along the lines of, this is something you'd find on a deserted island, so we have to do this. You know, there's a wall that we have to find a combination to get through, and then we can continue on. It's like, word, really? Because you are a, a, a lot of soldiers on an island made of dirt and rock with tons of dynamite. Yet you want to sit here and try to figure out, blast your way in. Okay, that's, that's, that's the key there. You've got, like, uh, you've got uh, jackhammers, you've got dynamite, all types of charges. You know, you get to, no, no one's, I'm going to sit here and figure out what these symbols mean. Mm, this thing is old and decrepit. You break through. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was more. It was more along the lines of um, we need to get from point A to point B. Stop, and more story will happen. Then from point B to point C, stop, and then more story will happen. Then we'll pause for an interlude while we have an emotional scene. Now we'll go back to point D to point E, and then stop. For I mean, it's like it wasn't formulaic uh, in an annoying way, but it was formulaic in a way that we acknowledge the story of the video game. But it's also a movie. You don't have to play out exactly step by step. So as much as I really like that, I do acknowledge that not everyone's going to be right in line with this adaptation of Lara Croft because it does stick really close to the games. And I think if you're not any kind of video gamer, um, it may not be, and I'm not making the hard call, I'm saying this as a likelihood, it may not be as enjoyable an experience as it can be because you just won't get some of those things. It'll feel like a movie that has momentum and stops mysteriously and then picks up later on, but it, it'll seem jarring. 
That's what I'm getting at. So I know I'm a uh, I'm a gamer, not to the same degree you are, because you're playing things on like I don't know the N gauge and your analog phones and whatever else you named over there. Yeah. So that's a bit beyond my realm now, but we'll get it. Yep. We'll see this and we'll get what they're doing, how they're relating to uh, the Tomb Raider games, and why it's so freaking cool when dude uh, she pulls out the bow and arrow, and she's an archer in this. It's not like the old series where she's got the two guns and. Um, they do make allusions to that. I won't say when. I won't say how. Because um, the, the movie also did have co- uh, comedic points that I really liked. Nick Frost makes an appearance. Yep. And he's, he's great for comedy. Um, Walton Goggins gives kind of a shoddy performance. But Laura has a personality in this. Alicia Vikander, I think, did an amazing job. Like, she nailed this. And when everyone else may not have been giving her, uh, like, you know, uh, they're all, she gave 110%. And she looked so much the part in this, man. And also, didn't she do her own stunts? Yes, did her own stunts, which um, I, I definitely applaud because there's a couple of times where, you know, she got wrecked. Wrecked! Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was no way, like, I, I don't know, a cable snapped or something, but it was, it was like, it was, it was some cringy stuff. Beautiful. Um, the dude, Daniel Wu, I think, is the, other, um, is the other key performance in this. He doesn't have much of a role, and they kind of just, like, shop him out to be, like, the convenient rescue uh, towards the end of the movie, which isn't a spoiler, it's just, like, He's kind of a role that got shafted. He could have been more uh, pertinent to this because the actor gave a much better performance than I think his character really called for, which was great, which was beautiful to see. But um, I would have liked to have seen more of him. Maybe they'll release an extended version on uh, on Blu-ray, which no one will buy. But um, right now, the movie's Tomb Raider starring Alicia Vikander, Daniel Wu, uh, Alton Goggins. Um, I liked it. I thought they did a lot of uh, clever stuff. I really liked the approach they took with, uh, we could see young Laura in society. Some of that stuff was hokey. You know, she didn't want to take over her dad's company. She wants, she didn't believe he's dead. He wants, she wants to, you know, uh, uh, be, be young Laura a little longer. And I don't, I don't need this responsibility and things. And then they do allude to a possible sequel. So I'm not sure if that's going to continue to follow the game series or not. Most likely it will. I don't see any reason for them to break away from it, especially since they stuck so closely to it now, unless those are the primary complaints. But other, otherwise, the way they did it was really good. I enjoyed this uh, as a film, um, and I will say it was really good for a game movie, and it was decent for a film itself. You know, it would still get a thumbs up for me if this was like a standalone movie. So, I mean, dude, thumbs up, Tomb Raider. Oh, sorry, Alicia Vikander, it's out, out now in theaters. I highly recommend Cash check it out. All right. So, I've rambled for far too long, but this has been The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. I want to thank you all for checking us out. I want to thank just Johnny for coming in. Yo. Wishing Black Adam Willis a speedy recovery. He uh, couldn't make it tonight due to uh, some illness. So, we'll see what's uh, going on with him afterwards. I want to remind you all, uh, you were listening on WEMFRadio.com, or you were watching us eventually on Twitch.tv slash TheGeekDown. If not, you can do those every Monday nights. Also, you can check us out on SoundCloud or uh, on iTunes. Or, dude, on YouTube. We are all over the place. You can find us on Facebook or on Twitter. Subscribe and follow and all that good stuff there. You can also go to the website at geek-down.com and check out all our good stuff. Our smiling faces on video. Our animated reviews. All the interesting fun that, dude, I I feel like you want to be a part of. You know you want to taste this. Come on. Get some of this goodness. Um, also, if you heard anything tonight you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. All that information is also available in the About section of the website, geek-down.com. But until next time, we'll catch you all, same bat time, same bat channel. Be excellent to each other.
24-7 jam space in Boston to play as loud as you want, contact us at soundmuseum.net and we can hook you up. Play as loud as you want, when you want. Play at the Sound Museum.